0: Hey there, this is Lauren, and I wanted to go off the cuff really quick before we start today's episode and let you know about something very exciting. If you have ever had a dream in the back of your brain, or if you've listened to this podcast and thought, man, I really wish that I could take my dream and turn it into my job, now is your time, and I have an incredible opportunity for you. Yesterday, I released Balance Boss Academy, an eight-week group coaching course for coaches and purpose-based entrepreneurs that will teach you how to monetize your passion and develop your purpose platform so that you are on track to making five figures in six months. Yep, you heard it. Now you can turn your dream into your job, and I'm going to show you how. It's time to quit playing small and putting your dream on the back burner. The group course begins on September 30th, and I'm limiting the course to only 10 spots. So if you're interested, you need to act. Quickly, If you want to be added to the list, please send me an email at lzoller at laurenzoller.com to reserve your spot. I'm excited to see you turn your dream into your reality. Without further ado, let's jump right into today's episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Balance Boss Podcast. I am your host, Lauren Zoller, and today's guest is Monica Berg. Monica is a motivational speaker and the author of Fear is Not an Option. She also serves as the chief communications officer for the Kabbalah Center International. She is a fresh voice that channels the powerful internal spark of light living within each and every one of us. She battled and overcame a debilitating eating disorder at a very young age, and as a mother of four children, one of whom has special needs, she has become an outspoken advocate for him and others struggling to find their voice. Monica is a self-proclaimed change junkie. She leads people to not only see how they can change, but inspires them to get excited about a lifestyle of change. You can see why I'm so excited to have Monica on the show today. Without further ado, let's jump right in. Welcome to the Balanced Boss Podcast, where we discuss how to live abundantly in all areas of your life. Here is your host and work-life balance coach, Lauren Zola. Monica, welcome to the show. So excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. So we always start The Balance Boss with an intention setting. It's one of my favorite things about the show. So before we get started, I want you to set the intention for the show today. So what do you want listeners to be able to walk away with once the show is complete? What do you want them to take home with them?
1: I want to inspire them to rethink everything they think they know and to challenge them to see the world in a different way than they do now. Mm. Which means basically to pay attention to how they see things. Which
0: so many of us don't do. (laughs) (laughs) That's really, I mean, honestly, that's, I feel like that is something that is a learned behavior that as adults, we tend to forget over time. Would you agree?
1: Yeah. I think that people underestimate the power of um, perception and we're all influenced by our past, by our present, by the people we surround ourselves with. And if we don't choose how to think and choose how to respond, we basically react to things. We're not even aware how we became who we are. And then we find ourselves in situations or a place in our lives where we're really not happy or feeling fulfilled. And I really think it starts with taking back that power and saying, I get to choose where I derive meaning and purpose. That
0: influence. Right. Yeah, that's so powerful. I was actually having a conversation with um, a mentor of mine today about the difference between living in cause and effect and how really living in effect is the victim mentality, which is what you're talking about, not saying everything is happening to me, not I am a product of, or I am the product of what my reality is in front of me. So I'm excited that we're going to talk a lot about how to change today. And I know that that's kind of a broad topic, but you're an expert in that field. So can you talk to us a little bit about, before we get into that topic of how to change and what you can do to kind of facilitate change in your life, can you tell us about your story? Like, how did you get to where you are? And I know that you just recently had a book release called Fear is Not an Option, and you have another book coming out soon. So can you talk to us about your story and how you got there?
1: Um, I I think that... You know, I get this question often, and when I look back at my childhood, I have very vivid memories of things that most children at age three or four don't remember, like spiritual memories, playing with God, having tea parties together, feeling like um, there was something out there and that felt familiar and safe. But the environment I grew up in, I, I was in a very loving home. My parents definitely loved me. I felt loved. But I also saw a lot of lack and pain, and I saw a lot of things that didn't make sense, like people searching for things in life that seemed to be the most important to them, and it was usually something physical or monetary, and I remember even as a as a small child and then as a young adult, as a teenager, that, you know, this can't be all there is. There has to be more, so I always had this yearning. Um, I went to Beverly Hills High School, and I got a little distracted in that, in that spirituality that I had mm. felt. And uh and then I really started to feel lack. And I remember by age 17, I thought, you know, if this is all that there is, I'm really not that excited. I mean, I wasn't like depressed or suicidal, but I was like, this just this just can't be it. I mean, so you get good grades so you can get to the best school, so you can get the best job, to make the most money, to get the biggest house, to acquire all these things. But where is the growth? Where's the fulfillment? Where's the happiness? Where is The discussion of purpose and self and I couldn't articulate it at that age but I always felt this kind of longing and this lack Um, and then I started studying Kabbalah. It's a spirituality and uh, ancient wisdom and I finally got answers to those questions and that started my path of you know how I wanted to give to the world and what I wanted to do with my life. But then what happens is life happens to you and I went through um you know challenges as everybody has their own, right? Everybody has their own unique cassette. I had an eating disorder um, for many years. I had anorexia, which I overcame, and um, my second child was born with Down syndrome, and different things that happened to me. And I did not like the feeling of feeling like I had no say or control in what happened to me, right? And that's the biggest illusion of all, because we can't control anything that happens to us. But what I realized I could influence is my response to the things that happened. I could choose mm-hmm. to derive meaning and purpose from any experience that happened, whether I invited it or not. And that really began the the journey as a change junkie. And it started really with removing fear, right? Because that's the most limiting place to live in of all. And in writing that book, I realized I'm actually addicted to change. I mean change is the only constant life. It's happening all the time. And your choice in that process is to decide which way you're going. Are you going to go forward or backwards? And I think that's very empowering. I think in change, there is great power.
0: Right, right. Well, and there's so much power too in knowing that I think so many people are stuck in the mindset that this is my reality and this is where I have to live. Like, these are just the things that have happened to me and there's nothing that I can do to get out of this situation. And what's so powerful is that you've said, no, like you can do whatever you want to change your life. Your reality is literally a manifestation of your thoughts and what you want to change for yourself. Absolutely.
1: And that's the thing. Most people become victims and you know, then it leads to a whole bunch of other things. And then 10, 20, 30 years down the line, they may wake
0: up and say, how did I get here? Mm-hmm.
1: How do I get out?
0: And then they feel yeah. released. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting that you brought that up because I was just talking to a client about that. I had a client come to me um, for an initial session and she was saying, I just can't find happiness. Like. Everything that continues to happen to me, I've had all of these life events happen to me. I lost my husband. My child won't speak to me anymore. I lost my job. All of these things kept happening. She's like, I can't find happiness. Life is against me right now. And what I looked at her and said, I said, okay, so happiness is an effect of joy and you can't choose happiness, but you can choose joy in any situation. So I think that ties right back into kind of what you're talking about, that, innate ability of, no matter where you are in life, being able to choose the way that you want to feel, which is powerful.
1: And I think that that starts with belief systems. I would bet Mm -hmm. that that client of yours has a belief system that other people are lucky and she is not. And that somehow she is deserving of these so-called bad things in her life, right? So again, like you said earlier, it all starts with a thought. How do you think about yourself. Do you, do you love yourself? Do you think you're deserving of good things? If you don't, you're certainly not going to be kind to yourself. And then there's not
0: much joy, fulfillment, or happiness in that realm. Absolutely. So what would you recommend if somebody is going to start this change process and they have these deep seated beliefs, what do you think is the first step for them to take if they want to shift their reality and they want to elicit change?
1: I think the very first step, um, I really believe in journaling. I think you have to first know what you believe and, and who you are. I think that a lot of us miss this very first, very fundamental step in our lives, which is loving ourselves. And we, we seek other relationships and connections with friends and sisters and brothers and mentors and then relationships. And unless you go back to that first step of really knowing yourself accepting yourself and loving yourself it's going to be very hard to navigate change or create the change that you want because what happens often is that people say okay i don't i want things in my life to change but if we're going to be honest, change is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable if you're fighting it, right? Nobody's like, wait, what do you mean things are going to change? What, what do you mean? I, I didn't really want it, right? Like we, we spent so much time, again, acquiring all these things. And then like, okay, you're going to hold on for dear life. Don't ever take anything. I worked really hard to get this, right? But are you happy? Are you fulfilled? Is this really what you want? So I think it, it has to start with um, having an honest conversation with yourself. And it doesn't even mean that you take action right away, although I believe in – you know, once you have a thought, you have to follow it up by immediate action. And that is the fastest way to change. But that's scary for people when they initially start. So I would just say, be honest with yourself about the state of your life. And be honest with yourself about what you think you deserve. If you start at those two places, and a lot's going to come up just in those two questions. From there, you can really create a, a blank slate and, and then build upon that
0: foundation. Right. And then the changes will appear from there,
1: then it will be clear in which direction you go. And then yes. you will, you will have the clarity and the energy and the strength to actually pursue that. Because knowing yourself is really how you tap into your intuition, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people are like, I want things to change, I just don't know what to do. So they change their hair color, or they get a haircut, or they, <laughs> you know, they even might move to a different city. And then they take the belief system along with them. So what has changed other than what's right in front of them? not much. Right. So I think that actually just starts, that creates the space to see. Like I said, at the very beginning of our talk, it's all about how you see the world.
0: Mm -hmm. And would you say that, I mean, I know in my life, when I've changed, when I make a radical change in my life, it seems as though the rest of the changes that come as a result of the change become easier. And something that you've said that really resonated with me is that one change in the right direction can change your entire life. So can you expand on that? Because I think it really is, I don't know, it's a muscle. Choosing change and choosing to shift your reality really is something that you, it's a learned behavior. And it, Mm -hmm. I personally believe, and I know that you probably do too, that it, once you start to build the momentum, it starts to snowball. So can you kind of speak to that a little bit?
1: Absolutely. I, and again, I think that people often think they have to make this big change and they have to do drastic things. And it's kind of like if you're going to decide to run a marathon and you're starting to train, you would certainly would not try to run 20 miles out on the first day. Right. But right. when we approach change, it's very much like that. It has to be big and it has to be something that's like very impactful. And no, just like anything else that you want to achieve, it's small change after small change creates great change. Um, there was a, an inventor, his name was Bucky Fuller, and he created these little trim tabs that are on the side of ships. So imagine you're trying to steer a huge ship in the ocean, and if you're just turning it, how are you going to get this big ship to turn? But there were these little rudders that would make small little ships, and those small little ships would allow the great big ship ship to, mm-hmm. to turn. It's the same thing when we approach change. Um, it's it's small step after small step. and Again, it, it starts with the consciousness of becoming the creator of your life versus being at the whim of the universe. So you can call that victim mentality. It's all back into that yeah. same bubble, because if you feel like you are powerless, then guess what?
0: <laughs> You're powerless, You're powerless. powerless. right? Exactly.
1: So yeah. um, it's those two things together. It's to know that you are the creator and, um, and small change after small change creates great change.
0: Yeah. And I think that there's there's so much power in that too, in knowing that if you, because there are a lot of people out there that don't ever embrace change and that becomes the reality. So I think it's, yes, it's it's so great to highlight what can actually happen when you decide to adopt change in your life. But what are some signs that if people aren't, you know, adapting to change or they're not actively being an in inquiry about, do I need to change? Does this bring me fulfillment? And they just kind of ignore those thoughts. Like ultimately kind of what's the detriment in that? Because oh, it's, it's honestly, even
1: as you asked the question, my heart literally dropped into my stomach because <laughs> I feel it so completely. I've seen so many people around me, um, you know, most notably, like even my parents, my father has Alzheimer's. And I actually spent the day deconstructing his life yesterday, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's a sad thought, but it actually awakened a lot of appreciation in me, you know, to go through all of his files and his boxes and his letterhead and dreams that never manifested for different things and different choices he may have made. But really like it came down to like boxes, right? And, and he, doesn't, he doesn't have that awareness anymore of, of where he's at. Um, and I think that the the real danger here and not understanding how important it is, again, to choose change because it's happening anyway. It's not like a choice. You don't get to choose. I will change or I won't change. No, change is happening. But I rather the pain of discipline, again, because change is uncomfortable than the than the pain of regret, because you can't do anything with that. If you live your life, again, holding on to all the things that you have, afraid that it's going to be taken away, afraid to actually challenge yourself to ask the question, even though, let's say you spend 30 years getting to where you are today, and wow, all this hard work, and somewhere in the back of your mind, you think, well, if I ask myself if I'm happy, that would mean, and the answer is no, that means that I have to pursue something else. What happens to the last 30 years of my work? Was it for nothing? Absolutely not, because it got you to the place you are today to ask yourself that a very important question: Are you happy? Are you doing what you love? And that is that—that is the most important thing. We all have something unique to reveal in this lifetime. We all have our own unique gifts and potential, and that is our job to find every single day and live life on those terms. So when you don't, back to your question, then that's why later in life, people—you know—sometimes you see people who have aged, and you see like frown marks that are are there yeah. etched in their face, or. They, they, and you look at their pictures of when they were a child. What happened in that span? Right. And I think very often it's this approach to being, you know, wanting to live life in a safe way, wanting to control it, um, anticipating everything. It's that false illusion that I am in control of what happens. Yeah. And And I I just think that, and that's the tricky thing about change, more than anything that you will do in terms of action in a physical way, this is more of a mental game, and that is more difficult and more challenging. Um, And it's also the thing that is most neglected, because we push our thoughts to the very back very often, right?
0: Right, right. Yeah, no, it's so true. And so this podcast is called The Balance Boss. Most of the people that listen, most of the listeners that are on here are people that are very wrapped up in their career to the point of almost exhaustion and burnout. So a lot of the people are getting tangible tools. And I always tell my clients that come through and, you know, have questions that come in from the listeners talking about, I have all of these symptoms, but I don't know how to change. And what I always say, and I would love to hear like your two cents on this is if you're having these symptoms, if you're having burnout, if you're feeling anxiety, if you're feeling depression, like these are huge signals and signs that something has to change. Yes. <laughs> but it's so hard for people to take radical action on that, especially when they're in a corporate position where they feel like there's not, you know, room for change per se. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the roll of the eyes, the roll of the eyes. But Kind of, what would you, how would you guide someone in that space? Because that's always the biggest, that's the biggest, you know, roadblock is, you know, these things needs to change.
1: I think there's really two very effective tools that can jumpstart that. Um, one is if you live your life exactly as you are now, right? Anxious and whatever the, the effects that you're feeling are, how do you see your life in one year from now? five years from now, and 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. I think when we put things in perspective for people, somehow it becomes scary and it becomes a little bit more immediate and urgent to take care of it. You know, if you visualize a child, let's say that was having anxiety every day about going to school, you'd be like, okay, I don't care about anything else. This is a priority because that's not healthy. Now we would take care of a child like that because, you know, we want them to, we love them unconditionally. We love them more than we love ourselves very often. And Mm -hmm. they're so young, it would be so hard to live a whole life like that. But also, if you're 40, 50, 60, you want to live 20 years in that reality. So I think, again, perspective is really important. Um, The other key thing, and I think this is an exercise people can do daily or weekly, is that you take three circles or spheres. And you ask people to put um, the circle in size of like how much they devote to their relationships, how much they devote to themselves, and how much time they devote to their career. Now, if you're living a balanced life, they should be equal, right? They should all be the exact same size. Most people who do this, it's completely disproportionate. So because, again, I'm devoting my life to this work and I'm a change junkie, I would say that my spheres are equal. There will be weeks that one will be slightly diminished <laughs> or shriveled, right, if there's like a deadline or there's a pressure. And then other times one's going to be bigger. But for the most part, they're all the same. And, and I think that if a person sees that drawing and they look at that daily that could be a reminder to say okay this isn't sustainable Mm. um and i think also allowing yourself to be of service to others like yesterday going to my my mom's home and you know she's living there and, and he's still there physically um I was removing his things, but also we created a space for her that's hers now, you know? We took all the stuff out of his office and she has this beautiful picture of herself that was off in the corner collecting dust. I put that center stage, so it's now, it's her space. You can create any environment right now. I I think that, again, when you're feeling like you just can't take something anymore, every day try to say, okay, how can I add a little more to this circle to make it bigger? So if self-care is the part that's really small, And um, so then you have to actually, there's one more tool. You create a to-be list versus a to-do list. Mm -hmm. So to-do lists, right, ours are long. And they're usually kind of nonsensical, right? Like go to the laundromat. I mean, if you pick up laundry on a Tuesday or it waits till Sunday, it's really not the end of the world. But the the, the to-do list is very usually like, oh, I got to do this because you said you were going to do it. But if your to-be list, for instance, is um, practicing self-care, then on your to-do list will be – you know, take a yoga class that week. Right. So if you have that list, reflect who you want to be, it's a really great way to create that balance as well.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that so much. And I think that's something, cause my next question for you is going to be what are daily non-negotiables for you? And I think that is something tangible that people can apply on a daily basis. And even asking yourself, you know, who do I want to be today? And fulfilling the first thing that comes to your mind and like you said some days that might be i need to show up as a mother today in my best degree or i need to show up and really give 100 percent to my career i think that there's this sense that we have to be superman or superwoman on a daily basis and make sure that everything is so balanced all the time but really if you live your day-to-day and make sure that all three of those circles are somehow balancing each other out that there's power in that well, see,
1: this is what's interesting. When you say, you know, we have to be a super woman, th- that for me translates as perfectionism. Mm-hmm. And I used to be a perfectionist. I mean, really, especially when I was in the height of the eating disorder. Mm-hmm. And I hate the word perfect. There's no such thing. And honestly, it's quite boring, to be really frank. Um, I think that instead, it's not about. It's just when you wake up and you readjust what's important to you versus what's important to your boss or what's important to your parents that you still care about what they think or you need their approval. If you take all that noise away and you wake up with your to-be list, your week is going to unfold so much more in the way that you want it to. I did this exercise with a mom and on her to-be list was to be a good mom. You know, that was really important to her. She had three small kids but every day she felt like a failure because she'd get home from work at five, she'd have to rush to make dinner for them, then she wouldn't spend time with them, she'd yell at them to get in the bath, and then at the end of every day, she'd go to bed feeling like a horrible mother because she spent the time with them yelling and you gotta do this, this and that, right? So I said to her, let me ask you a question. (laughs) And she worked right next to where she lived. I'm like, what if you went home during your lunch break and you prepared dinner then? Or what if you prepared meals on a Sunday so when you got home, whatever time that was, or you even left work a little bit earlier, when you saw your children, you were 100% present for them. It's so easy to do once you identify what the issue is, right? Yes. But first you have right. to know who you want to be.
0: Right, exactly. And I think that's, that's the hard part is that it's really to be able to take yourself out of, okay, I know that I, know that I need to change and there's change here, but really who do I want to be? And then from that place, the change will appear. The right. option appears. The solutions. Yeah.
1: Right. It's like my, that's why I titled my book, there's not an option when something is no longer an option. You need to find something that is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So would you say that being a change junkie is really knowing who you want to be at all times, or is it, can you explain a little bit about what change? Cause I know that's, that's a huge buzzword for you is being able is. to cultivate change junkies. So if you go back to the what do I want to be list from if you know who it is that you want to be, does the change stem from that?
1: Well, I think that who you want to be is never a destination. It's not like I want to be, you know, an author. A, a, the mm-hmm. To be is more where do you derive meaning and purpose from? Mm-hmm. And then you put energy there. Somebody asked me in an interview, they're like, oh, you know, when did you, when did you realize you arrived? And I thought it was a funny question because I said, you know, I don't ever wanna feel like I've arrived anywhere. I want, to, I, I want tomorrow not to be able to recognize myself. I want who I am to be today, tomorrow to be so different that I'm like, I don't even know who she was. And that's the kind of change that I want every day because I know that how I'm able to see the world and myself is limited. We're always limited by our five senses. So being open to the idea of you know I, not just limiting, I wanna be this one or two things, I can become so many other things. And that's the way I approach life. I think Change Junkie is approaching life with curiosity and mm. with kindness and with appreciation and gratitude. It's going forward as a force and as an energy and as a creator, as I said before. And from that, you're always evolving. It's forever um, a transformation and evolution. I mean, that is what a change junkie is. Yeah. That's and I love this. Um, there's this quote that I really live by. It says, um, well, it's not really a quote. I think that I actually coined it, but I say it so often. <laughs> it's, um, this is your life and you alone are responsible for the quality of it. If you love what you do, do more of it. If you don't love what you do, don't do it. And if you don't know what you love, it's time you find out.
0: Mm, that's huge. That's Everybody everything. needs to just take out a pen and write that down. <laughs> well, and I feel like that's kind of your personal manifesto too in this whole, you know, preaching as to what a change junkie is um, and how powerful it really can be when you start to elicit that change in your life. So this is so, this is, you've given us so much amazing information today. Thank you for all of it. I know that there's so many tangible things. I love, I I have a lot of people on the show who are fantastic thought leaders, but it's really hard to put, especially in the world of self-development, it's really hard to put tangibility to what it is that you want to elicit change in someone so they can that forward progress so I think that there have been very tangible takeaways that we can use and the listeners can use today um but before we go because I know that you've you're up to kind of a lot right now can you kind of talk to us about what's next for you and where people can find you and what you have going on so I have finished my next book it's called rethink love um
1: it's a book on relationships because that's the other big topic I think people really struggle with and um And many more books to come and many more things to come. You can find me at Monica Berg74 on Instagram and my book is available on Amazon, fears on an option. And it's been great
0: being here today. Yeah. Well, we need to have you back on to talk about relationships because that's a whole different topic.
1: Right. Yes. We'll need we'll need like two hours for that. Two hours
0: for that, Mm -hmm. yes. And probably a bottle of wine or something. Right. (laughs) Well, Monica, thank you so much for being on the show. I will make sure For all the listeners, make sure that you check out Monica's information in the show notes below. And um, hopefully we will have you on again soon once your next book releases. Thank
1: you. Thanks so much. Yeah.
0: Thanks so much.